your presence, Lord. What an awesome God we serve. Hallelujah. Amen. Lord, we don't lack anything in you. Your word tells us very clearly of that. We were dead in that river, and the river was floating us away, down over the waterfall and into destruction. But, Lord, we come alive in the water. You gave us the living water. Jesus said, if any of you are thirsty, let him come to me and drink, and from your belly will flow rivers of living water. And, Lord, we came alive in the river, the flood, your flood, the flood of you, the living God. And we thank you, Lord. Thank you for new life. We were dead, and now we're alive. We were headed for the devil's kingdom that was prepared for him, but now we're headed for the kingdom, your kingdom. And we thank you so much, Lord. Father, for us, as we were singing tonight, is to live for Christ. Lord, we're your people. We love you with all of our heart. Yes, we're sinners and fall short of your glory. But thanks be to you, Lord, that the robe of Jesus' righteousness covers us. And we're so thankful. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for covering us with your, your robe of righteousness. Lord, we know that there is no other. The word of God is very clear. There's only one way to heaven. Your name is above every name. It's written that every knee is going to bow, every tongue is going to confess. Those that are in the earth, those that are under the earth, those that are above the earth will bow before you and worship you, Lord. And we choose to do it. Lord, your name is above every name, and we proclaim it from Freedom Church at the Palm Beaches. Yes, Jesus Lord. is high and lifted up in this church, Lord. Amen. We tell you and we ask you to come and sit down among us, Lord, which we just sang. We want you to tell us and show us what it is that you would have us do. Yes, Father God, we want to hear from your Holy Spirit tonight. And not just tonight in the church, Lord, but even as we go home, even as we sleep, even as we rise up and walk by the way and sit in our house. Lord, we want to hear from you. We want to sit down. We want you to sit down with us, Lord. Let us feel your presence and hear you say, I love you. You said it loud and clear on the yes. cross when you spread your arms from east to west. I love you this much. Father God, we're so thankful that you loved us so much that you sent your son. Amen. To you be the glory, Lord. Take your place among us now, Lord. We know you're here. Let us hear what you have to say to the church tonight. Yes, Not Lord. just this little church, but all those churches represented over the internet here tonight. Lord God, that they too would come alive in your spirit. And Lord, we would bring light to this darkness, that so your kingdom would shine on this earth. Lord God, that's what you told us to pray, that your kingdom come and your will be done on this earth. Amen. As we look around, Lord, we don't see that happening for the most part. We see evil trying to take its place. And Lord, you said, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who call darkness light and light darkness. Isaiah told us that. Chapter 5, verse 20. Lord, Father God, we want to be part of ushering in your kingdom here on this earth. Let your kingdom come to this earth, Lord. 
Father God, we're pushing back the forces of darkness right now in Jesus' name. Amen. We have the authority to do so because you told us that there's not a weapon the enemy can form against us that's going to prosper. And when he accuses us in judgment, we have the authority to condemn him. And we do so now in Jesus' name. That's our inheritance from you. That's our justification from you. And we thank you, Lord. So we push back the forces of darkness. We loose the Holy Spirit in this place tonight, Lord God. And over the Internet, Father, that people see and hear and understand that Jesus Christ is Lord and the Holy Spirit speaking to them. And they come to the saving knowledge by receiving him as their Savior, not with their head, but with their heart. Samuel was very clear when he was told to go anoint David. He didn't even know who he was. He said, don't look at the outward appearance. I look at the heart, and I will show you the man. And you chose this little ruddy kid out in the field, watching his daddy's sheep. And when the lions and the bear attacked the sheep, David ran up and killed them with his bare fist. Lord, because he cares for the sheep. Father, this church represents sheep in your pasture. And the pastors and the elders and the deacons look over your sheep and we protect them and we feed them the word of God. And we protect them by the hedge of protection that we place around every believer. Tonight, Lord, I want to pray for Grace and, and Lewis, Lord, as they put together the, the, uh, the, the thing for tomorrow night, which she's going to announce, Lord God, and you would use them in a mighty way. Thank you for bringing Grace and Lewis into this place, Lord God, to take up some slack for us, Lord, to help uh, this place grow stronger and faster and more complete. We thank you for on, Lord, who's in this church tonight, Lord. She has many prayer requests. She doesn't know whether to go back to Thailand, stay here, but she wants your will to be done. And we pray for her for wisdom and discernment that she has your spirit when she makes that decision that it would be your decision. Father God, we pray for Chino who's here tonight, Lord. We lift him up. Father, what a change you have done in this man. Father God, he was backslidden all the way, knew a little bit about you, but today he's walking in the Spirit, and you brought him out of darkness and into the light, and we thank you for that, Lord. We give you the glory because your Holy Spirit has moved on him and changed this young man that was teetering and tottering all over the world, and now you put his foot on the solid rock as you drove him and lifted him up out of that miry pit. Father, I'm not trying to give him a big head, but I, Father, I want to thank you for the work you've done. We, You did it, Lord, and we thank you for that. Father, for Matt, Father God, the, the pressure he's taken off of the, the worship team, Lord God, we thank you for him and his knowledge, his wisdom, his teaching abilities, Lord God. And we pray your blessing and your anointing would continue to be upon him as he ventures to be teaching pretty soon. Lord, we lift up, we lift up Jim to you, Lord, that you would bless him and keep him, Lord, and his teaching abilities that you anointed him for. And he's going to take the slack off of some of us leaders in the church as he, as he uh, teaches and preaches, Lord. We use him in a mighty way, Lord God. And for my wife, Lord, who leads the, the worship team here, Lord, the, the worship that we have, Lord, we didn't have much to work with, but you're adding to our team with Lewis and, and uh, Matt and Liz herself, Lord. And we thank you, Lord. And you have now, now the church is beginning to uh, prosper, Lord, in that area. And we thank you and praise you, Lord, because we know it's your mighty hand. And I could go on and on. 
But tonight I thank you and praise you. I thank you, Lord, that, that you allowed me the privilege to be over this, body, this little body of Christ and over the ones over the Internet. Lord, I don't know why you would choose me. I would have chose somebody else without a doubt. But, Lord, I'm not an eloquent speaker, Lord God, but eloquence don't count. It's the living word that comes from our mouth, Lord God. We don't come with, Paul said he didn't come with persuasive words of wisdom, but a demonstration of the Spirit. And, Lord, that's what I pray Freedom Church exercises, the demonstration of the power of the Spirit of God that is loose in this place and ministering to each and every one of us tonight. Father, I pray for the, the musical tomorrow night that you use it. Bring people that's never been here before. Let them be touched and let them remember Christmas is every day for the Christian. Lord, this is your service. Take over in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. God bless you, everybody. You may be seated. You may be seated. Again, for those of you online that are just tuned in, you're listening to Freedom Church at the Palm Beaches. I'm Pastor Joe Trapani. We're at 2810 High Paluxo Road right here in Lantana. We're on the border of North Borland, the board, north border of Boynton Beach and the south border of Lake Worth or Lantana, whatever you want to call it. You know, um, across the street on uh, across the High Paluxo Road is Boynton Beach. So we're right on the south border. So come on, we're a half a mile or so west of I-95, a half a mile or so east of Congress. So stop by and see us. Tomorrow night, as Grace is going to announce something after we're done praying a little bit here, and uh, you can come out and see us. It's easy, hop on 95, get off at High Paluxo, head west a half a mile. We're on the right-hand side or the north side of the road. So praise the Lord. Uh, thank you. Thank you for um, turning into us tonight. Uh, you can you're on the website you can check us out there you can even give there's a lot of people well not a lot maybe three four that haven't been back since the covid hit you know but you know i usually call them check up on them every couple weeks or so but you know and a lot of them they send in support even though they're not here you know they mail in their tithe and their offering which is which is a good thing and i suggest that for every church or out there you know that you support your church that you belong to because the gospel is going on with or without you. So you might as well reap the blessing of supporting your ministers and your, and your missionaries that are part of your church. So, and if you want to donate to, to uh, ministries that are not part of your church, that's a free will offering, gifts and, and offerings, and we thank you for that. So uh, tonight, we're going to pray for a few things. I'm going to show you what's on my list. We have a church full of conservative people that are really grieving tonight, and you know why. And, uh, you know, we were hoping that, uh, you know, the, the light in the White House would push the darkness a little bit backwards. And, uh, and Pastor uh, Reverend, Trump, uh, Reverend <laughs> you know, President Trump did push the forces back a little bit. I like the way one preacher said it. He said, you know, the devil was on the five-yard line of our, uh, on our five-yard line, and, uh, you know, then Trump won the election, and he pushed the forces of darkness back to their five-yard line. Well, I'm praying, you know, darkness wants to take a hold and come back up again. But here's what I'm praying. I'm praying that, that they go f four, three downs and don't get any gain. And then 
Then all of a sudden, they go to the fourth down. They're trying to get out of it. They kick the ball, and they fumble it, and somebody jumps on it, and we get, what's that called, A uh, when you get the two points? Um, Jay. You know what it is. You gain two points because you recovered the ball on the and the other land. You know, on the other uh, touchback. Yeah, thanks, Chino. <laughs> yeah, we get a touchback because you know one of us Christians fell on the ball and we got and we get two points instead of them gaining you know a hundred yards. So praise God. I like that. Um, I want to pray for for our church. A lot of people are grieving. I talked to some people today. They're really brokenhearted. Um, you know, but. You know what? Still God's in control. We got to pray for our new president. We got to pray for the new leadership. And I've been praying that they get saved, <laughs> you know, because God can do it. God can do it. You can read your scriptures and find out he's done it so many times. Um, you know, I want to pray for Janice Baratari. You know, she had a little growth on her face. The doctor cut it off. I believe, uh, you know, they got everything. So we want to pray for her. Harry and Janice are usually always here, but you know, um, nighttime, they're having trouble driving at night, especially, you know, uh, Harry, because he only has sight in the one eye, in his right eye. So it's a little bit hard. And the lady I talked to today, you know, she she don't come because she can't drive in the dark. Two of them, actually. I didn't talk to one today. The other one I didn't, but I know she struggles from the same thing. Um for, uh, I don't know, some of you, Chino would remember, On would remember, and Liz would remember, and Grace and Lewis should remember uh, Daryl Freeman, who used to come to this church. He was the AC guy that really moved all the ACs around. He, he's about six foot four and goes about 350 pounds. And, you know, we had to move the, the uh, hair handler unit over there about six and a half years ago over to here. You know, and he had to, we had to replace all the air conditioners because somebody stole two of them. I told the, I told, if I had a sign, I'd put a sign out front that says, you know, those of you that stole our two air conditioners, please keep one because you're going to need it where you're going. <laughs> you know, uh, but, you know, Daryl, you know, we got the, the ACs at, at a cost, you know, a five ton, a three ton, a three and a half ton, and Daryl put them in for nothing, and we got them at cost. You know, which well, his cost was like $2,400, and we got them at cost. And you know what? The landlord then actually paid us for the ACs. So we didn't lose nothing except time. But Daryl grabbed that air handler unit over there. He grabbed it, and I said, Daryl, let me help you. He says, listen, my lunch pail weighs more than that. <laughs> you know, I'm sitting there going like, well, Daryl's in the hospital right now. He has COVID-19. I talked to him two days ago, well, Friday and Saturday. He doesn't sound good, and they were debating whether to put him on a ventilator, and we were praying that he didn't have to go on it. I talked to his son. I texted him. I haven't heard from him, but, you know, Daryl's a great guy. His wife, Kathy, also they used to sit right where Chino's sitting, you know, um, and uh, his wife, Kathy, has it too, but she's not in the hospital. So I want to pray for Daryl. What a what a blessing that couple was to us, you know. And, uh, you know, I want to pray for Claudia and Ray. They're just getting started up in New Hampshire. You know, I don't know if you know, but Ray got a job working for FedEx, a delivery man. But he, he's stationed in uh, New Hampshire, but he delivers to Vermont. So uh, we want to pray for him. And there's not good cell coverage up there, so to get the, 
mobility map. You know, he can't even get it half the time, so he has to learn the roads. He said most of them are, are, are dirt, you know. So we want to keep him. I'm just glad he got a really good job. So we want to pray for him tonight. Joe and Helga from up in Connecticut, I don't know. They might be coming in soon or maybe they are in. I want to pray for them as they travel. Um, um, I want to tell the church, too, that, you know, uh, and the sign on the little refrigerator back there says water. You know, we don't sell anything in this church. Everything's free. We don't even take an offering. There's boxes in the back. Just put your tithe or gifts in there. But, you know, uh, we need some water. So anybody wants to bring a case of water so that we don't have to, uh, um, you know, put out expenditure. Everybody gets it. It's all free. Do you have something, honey? Huh? Oh, I got it. Okay. Pastor Joe, Daryl told me. Okay. This is from uh, Daryl's son. Daryl told me that you sent a wonderful prayer for us. I want to thank you and also let you know that my husband, oh, this is from Kathy, his wife, that my husband went to be with Jesus a few hours ago. Oh, man. Thank you for all you did to really make Daryl feel happy and hopeful. He loved you and Liz, and so do I. Please keep our family, especially our kids, in prayer. We didn't expect this at all. God bless you, Kathy Freeman. I'm so sorry. Daryl's such a good guy. Um, but he knew the Lord. And uh, believe me, he's got rewards set up in heaven for being a servant. That's which is what he was. So let's uh, pray. Then I'm going to invite Grace up to tell us about tomorrow night. Okay? All right, Father. We're coming to you, Lord. The, the, the message I just read just broke my heart because I love Daryl so much and Kathy. And, Lord, I guess we're kind of selfish. I'd like to keep them here. They moved to Oklahoma a few years ago, and that's where they're at now, and that's why they aren't here. But, Lord, um, I just thank you for, their, for what they did for Freedom Church. And what um, both of them, and how, how they were so well-loved, Lord God, and still are. These things don't change. I told, I told Ray and Claudia when they moved to New Hampshire to find a good church, and don't go by the name on the sign. Go by the people that are within the church. Do they love? Do they know Jesus? And, Lord, I pray for, for Kathy and for the family of Daryl, Lord, that they know where their husband, their dad, their uncle, their grandfather is, Lord, because he's in the kingdom with you. I thank you for the opportunity to, you know, be the pastor over him for so many years and to be a, be part of the sheepfold that you allowed me to lead. So, Father, let Kathy and everyone feel the presence of your Holy Spirit tonight. Lord, we give you the glory and the praise, and I kind of wish you didn't take them home, but but you did, and you know you know what's going on. You're painting the portrait. I'm not. Neither is any other Christian, and you chose to bring him home and give him his rewards, and I, we just bless you that you saved us and redeemed us from ourselves and from our sin. Thank you, Lord. Father, tonight I want to lift up Janice to you, Lord. 
with the surgery that she had. I, I believe the doctor thought it was, you know, um, malignant, and uh, he took some part of it out, but didn't get enough last time, and now he took a little bit more out. But as I sent uh, uh, Harry and her a note yesterday, I says, you're still beautiful with or without the bandage on your face, you know, and she is. They're beautiful inside and out, and we thank you, Father, for that. Father God, I, I want to pray for a grieving Christian church around the world, Lord, because of the effects of the election here in Florida, or not in America. Lord God, we were hoping, as I say, pray that the enemy would be pushed back a little bit further because, you know, our President Trump gave the American church, the Christian church, a mouth, Lord, to stand up against evil abortion and different other things lord and and to, to give us what we the people want um and lord we're just sad tonight and we pray for comforting our hearts but on the other hand lord we pray for our new president president joe biden and kamala harris lord god in the leadership of the house and the senate lord god you told us to pray for our government and we're doing so tonight Father God, they need you more than any any uh, past administration. And I pray, Lord God, that you would have their administration called light, light, and darkness, darkness. I pray, Lord God, that they would call good, good, and realize what it is. And I pray that they would recognize evil and turn away from it. Your word tells us very clearly these people claim to be Christians. Your word tells us that if my people who are called by my name Christians, if they will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then you would hear from I would hear from heaven. I would forgive their sins and heal their land. And right now, Lord, America needs to be healed. So heal the grieving hearts of many people and grieve and, and, and um, heal the land of America, and have us turn back to you, Lord. We know that that's what you want America to be, chasing after you, every citizen, not only in America, but all around the world. So comfort our hearts, Lord God, in Jesus' name. I pray and thank you that Ray and Claudia are doing well up in Connecticut, or not Connecticut, up in New Hampshire, Lord. I pray to you, Lord, that Ray got a good job right off the bat. And he even has time working a four-day work week. Lord, he has time to build his T-shirt business, Lord. We pray that you bless it and keep it. He doesn't even have his accounts already in New Hampshire. So we praise you and give you glory. Father, thank you for them. We love them so much and miss them so much. And for Joe and Helga, I don't know. I talked to Joe a week or so ago, Lord, and he said pretty soon they'll be in Florida. He had to go home to to take care of the... the uh, as an executor of his brother's will who passed away, and he had to take care of that. And while he's up there, I, will, you know, couldn't, I guess he couldn't get back, and it's Christmas, and he wants to be with the family, so we thank you. But, Father, as they travel, protect them and keep them. And, Father, we look forward to their presence here again, Lord. Lord, tonight I pray that you bless the word that comes out of your Bible, Lord, chapter 13 of Genesis. May you... Uh, and anoint your word as it goes forth from this mouth to your people in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. I'd like one more thing. We're going to call Grace up. She's going to tell you tomorrow night, you know, um, 
be here or be square, somebody once said, okay? So Grace is going to invite you out. Listen, if you're, if you're out there on the Internet and you live close, 2810 High Paluxo Road, Lantana, okay? I just want to invite everybody again. Tomorrow night at 7 p.m., we will be celebrating Christmas here. And don't feel out of order because every day in the Christian's heart is Christmas, and we should celebrate it and remember Christ. So it'll be tomorrow here, Friday, January 22nd at 7 o'clock. We will wait maybe 10 minutes after 7 because I know people work so that they are able to get here. I also want to say that we will have something to eat, so please come and join us. Come out and spend time with each other and come out and spend time with the Lord as we worship at his feet. And I just pray that all the glory be given to him. So again, we invite you to come out. And for those of you who are planning to come and have never been here before, as our pastor said, our address is 2810 High Paluxo Road in Lantana, Florida. And we hope we get to see you here tomorrow. So everyone is welcome. And please, for those of you sitting here, invite someone. Let's fill up this place, and let's be that light. When Father God looks down, he'll see, oh, Freedom Church, look at them. Raising hands, praising and worshiping. So let's glorify the name of Jesus and come together and spend time with him. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Grace. Okay, Genesis chapter 13, if you want to turn there. Remember, we went through Genesis. We, we had the, the four major events in Genesis, which was number one, creation. Number two, we saw the fall of man. Number three, we saw the flood. And number four, we saw the dispersion of the nations. Okay, so... Um, you know, now we're moving along. We're already into Abraham. I tell everybody, you know, everybody says, why didn't God tell us more about how he created the earth and the world and all that? You know what? You could pretty much figure a lot of it out by studying the scriptures, which we covered a lot of it. Um, but he really doesn't care so much if you know how the world was created. You know, the world, the secular world calls this world like, 400 billion years old or something like that. But people say, well, and, and the Christians say to church, most Christians say to churches, no, the earth is no more than 7,000 years old. But as I said, God created Adam and Eve with age. They weren't babies. He created them probably in the 30s, 30 years old or better. Okay? So he could have created the whole universe with an age to it of 400 billion years, you know. Uh, so, you know, don't get all upset and let the devil trick you into these things, you know. There's always an answer from the Holy Spirit, always an answer. Because the world tells you the earth is that old. It may appear to be that old because God created it to have age. But the earth, the universe, can't be more than 10,000 years old. There's all kind of evidence to that. So anyway, um, we're, but what, what happens to the rest? 50 chapters in Genesis, and one chapter is devoted to creation. The rest is devoted to mankind. 
just shows you right off the bat, God's not in love with it, with a universe of, of stone and rock and meteors that he created. He's, he's obsessed with man, his creation. He loves man. He doesn't want to see any perish. He wants all to come to know him as Savior. He wants us all to come to salvation. So God spends 49 chapters on mankind. That goes to show you how much God loves man. So when we get to John 3:16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Now we can understand it. Genesis is, is really just a his, lot of history about what has taken place and what God has done for us. And we got to look beyond, you know, and that's where the Holy Spirit comes in to help us. So we're in chapter 13. Let's read it. It's only like 18 verses long, okay? Genesis 13. So Abram, notice his name is Abram. He's not, his name has not changed to Abraham yet. So Abram went up from Egypt to the Negev, he and his wife and all that belonged to him, and Lot with him. Now Abraham was very rich in livestock, in silver, and in gold, and he went on his journeys from the Negev as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai, to the place of the altar which he had made there formerly. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. Now Lot, who went with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents, and the land could not sustain them while dwelling together, for their possessions were so great that they were not able to remain together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's flock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. Now the Canaanite and the Perizzite were dwelling in the land. So Abraham said to Lot, Please, let there be no strife between you and me or between your herdsmen and my herdsmen, for we are brothers. Is not the whole land before us? Please separate from me. If to the left, I will go to the right. If to the right, then I will go to the left. Lot lifted up his eyes and saw all the valley of the Jordan, so that it was well watered, and everywhere this was... Let's see, let me go back. He saw the valley of the Jordan, and it was well watered everywhere. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as you go on to Zor. So Lot chose for himself all the valley of the Jordan, and Lot journeyed eastward. Thus he separated from, they separated from each other. Abram settled in the land of Canaan, while Lot settled in the cities of the valley and moved his tents as far as Sodom. Now the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinners against the Lord. The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, Now lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward, for all the land you see I will give to you and to your descendants forever. I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if anyone can number the dust of the earth, then your descendants can also be numbered. Arise, walk about the land through its length and its breadth, for I will give it to you. Then Abraham moved his tent and came and dwelt 
by the oak of Marm, which was in Hebron, and there he built an altar to the Lord. So that's chapter 13. This chapter is really about Abram's prosperity, how God had, had blessed him. Abraham went up from Egypt. Notice he went up, you know, which implies that, that um, you know, he just left Egypt. Essentially, um, you know, he, he was moving on. He got thrown out of there. We're going to see as we go in. He got kicked out of Egypt, basically. Uh, and there's a picture of God's grace here, here because Abraham was rich with livestock. Where did he get that livestock? You know, he got it from Pharaoh. Because when Pharaoh found out that Sarah was his wife, he told him, get out of here. And, and he gave him all kind of gifts just to get him out of there. Abraham didn't deserve it. He was a deceiver to Pharaoh. And it could have cost Abraham his life once, once Pharaoh found out that, that he deceived him and lied to him. Even though, remember, we read that, that Sarah was the daughter of, of, of Abram's wife, but not, you know, he wasn't of that same. His father was Abram. His father was Terah. And, you know, Terah must have had other wives, and he actually married his half-sister. We found that in, I think it was uh, Genesis chapter 12 or 10, okay? So he lied to him, and he told him he's my, she's my sister because she was so beautiful. And he figured that if he was married to her, the Pharaoh would kill him, you know, so he's thinking about his own neck here, okay? He came out of there with livestock and silver and gold, and God... Listen to this. God was blessing Abraham regardless of his disobedience. Isn't that weird? Huh? Regardless of his disobedience. So verse 3 says, And he journeyed to where his tent had been at the beginning. That was Bethel's altar. God takes, listen, God's taken Abraham back to basics. First of all, he left and went to Egypt because he heard there was a famine in the land. So what was he trusting in, man or God, you know? And he, was, he failed the test there. And he lied when he got the, to Egypt. And he was the deceiver before Pharaoh. And Pharaoh could have cut his head off at the end. But Pharaoh, you know, had, I think he had a dream. And uh, he was told, you know, that, um, you know, that Abraham was a, a just man. So God takes him back to basics. And i tell you what, that's a note for us today. The church itself, the Christian church in the world, has got to get back to basics. And the basics is that Christ came, he died according to the Scriptures, he was buried, and he is risen the third day according to the Scriptures. That is the basics. Sometimes we get off on all these other tangents and we forget the basics. Well, this church believes that and that church believes this. And now we have no fellowship with each other because we forgot our common bond. And then we have people within the church who actually hate their brothers by trying to draw people out of different churches because, you know, they, the church don't believe the way they believe. And, they, you know, they're actually showing hate towards their brother. And the scriptures are very clear. Now, how can you love God who you haven't seen if you can't love your brother who you have seen? So we need to get out of this. We need to go back to basics. 
Back to basics is Christ died, risen, was buried, and is risen, and he's alive today. We need to get back to basics. Verse 4, to the place of the altar, and Abraham called on the name of the Lord. He went back to Bethel where he started out, and he called on the name of the Lord. He went back again. Look it. He went back to his first fellowship. He went back to repent, really, and to return and to do the first works that he had done before. Which didn't Jesus say that to one of the churches in Revelation? He said, "He said, remember, repent, return, and do the first works." That's what God's telling Abraham right here, thousands and thousands of years prior. He went back and had to restore his relationship with the Lord, going back to basics. Fellowship with God, restoration of his relationship with God, the worship to prayer of repentance. I believe that's what Abraham was doing. And returning to the first works. What was his first works? He trusted God. He believed God. God told him to leave his hometown and get to the Canaan and he obeyed he went and he went in the strength of God so Abraham went back to worship repent remember what God has done and to do the first works again there's no mention of famine as to why he left even though he heard there was a famine in Canaan there was no mention of it in the Bible so was it true or was he deceived? It, w- it was the fear of famine that drove him to Egypt. See, sometimes fear, well, fear is motivating the church right now. You turn on the TV, all you hear is fear, fear, fear. You got to fear this, you got to fear that. You know, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. He's given a spirit of power, love, a sound mind. The sound mind tells you, protect yourself. If there's a disease out there, wear the mask. What's so bad about that? They wouldn't let you in the supermarket anyhow around here if you didn't have a mask on. <laughs> so you might as well wear it. You know what? Be wise. That's a common sense. But don't fear. Fear is a, the acrostic. You heard it. False evidence that appears real. That's fear. Listen. You are a child of God. If you abide and dwell in the shelter of the Most High, you will, you will bi- abide in the shadow of the Almighty. That's a promise, and we can claim that promise. And that may be the next message on the Sunday morning coming up down the road, some of the promises of God. There's thousands of them in the Bible. There's poss- it's impossible for to cover it in one service or even ten services. But we're going to go look at some of the major promises in the Bible. He was, a, he was in fear of a famine that drove him to Egypt. My mother used to worry all the time. I used to always tell my mom, Mom, do you know that 95% of what people worry about don't even happen? doesn't even happen. So why are you worried? Worry, you know, when, it, when, when you find out it's, it's real. And even then you're not supposed to really worry. Prosperity for Abraham brought him problems. You know, we got to be careful. Even Jesus told us, you know, love of money is the root of all evil. He didn't say money was the root of all evil. He said the love of it is the root of all evil. If you love money, you can't love God. 
That's basically it. And that's where the rich young ruler comes in, the, about the rich young ruler. You know, he loved his money more than he loved Jesus. And Jesus was driving home a point, not only to him, but to us today. And I know a lot of believers and unbelievers that are just madly in love with their money. You know what? You aren't going to be here forever. Nobody took anything with them. So you might as well be generous as you walk this earth, especially millionaires. People brag about all these multi-billionaires and trillionaires that give millions of dollars away. It's like you giving a penny to them. You don't look at the amount. You look at the sacrifice of it. I remember a friend, well, I was in the sign business down in Fort Lauderdale. Actually, it was Pompano. And this guy came in, and his name his name was uh, McLeod. So I was painting on his car, on his window, you know, Highlander, because remember Highlander in the movie? You know, his name was McLeod. Well, he was about 30 years old. And I said to him, what do you do for a living? He said, I'm retired. I'm saying, listen, you can't be 30 years old, and you're retired, and you're driving an Escalade here, and you bought one for your wife. I'm there like, how can you be retired? He said, listen, he says, I went and bought a lottery ticket, and I won $5.3 million. He's a Christian. After he got the money, he started getting sick. He was throwing up, went to the doctors, couldn't figure out what was wrong with him. Then he was a Christian, so he went to this church right in Pompano or, or Boca. I'm not sure I remember. He told me. I forget. It's one of those ones with a big steeple as you drive down I-95 on the east side. And uh, he said to me, he walked into this church, and he was telling the, the people there about it. He just feels terrible. So one of the prophets prophetesses came up to him and said, the Lord just told me to stop eating at home. So he stopped eating at home, and he got better and better and better. And he figured out that somebody in his home was poisoning 